Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 15, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. James said, listen, this is what we ought to do. This is all they need to be, the Gentiles need to be concerned about. They should abstain from idolatry. They should abstain from fornication. And they should abstain from things that are strangled and things that have blood in them. That's what they decided to do. Well, now notice what they do now is they send a letter to the Gentile churches via by hand of the leadership. Let's check it out. Acts chapter 15. Look at verse 22. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Then it pleased the apostles. And the elders and the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul, Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. And they wrote this letter by them, the apostles, the elders and the brethren to the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Here's the body of the letter. Since we have heard in verse 24 that some who went out from us have troubled you with words unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our brethren, our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Isn't that interesting? Now they're calling Paul beloved. Remember, he was persecuting the church, and now the church sees him as beloved. Interesting. So we send to you the beloved Paul and Barnabas, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Here it is. This is all you Gentile people need to be concerned about. That you abstain from the things offered to idols from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. End of letter. Farewell. Stop right there. Give me your attention. The church in Jerusalem sends representative, you listen, they send representatives, Paul, Barnabas, Barsabas, and Silas to the church at Antioch. And you want to notice in verse 29, they decided that the most important thing in this letter It is decided by the council and written in the letter that the most important thing for the church was simply three things. 
to abstain from idolatry, they should abstain from fornication and sexual immorality, and they should abstain from things that are strangled and of blood. They're saying, listen, to the church in Antioch, that's all that's necessary. Don't you find it interesting that they don't say, in order to be saved, you need to abstain from idols and sexual immorality and be baptized? Did you know they didn't say that? Why? Because baptism, saints, listen, does not save. I was just talking to a brother between services, and he told me, Pastor Roddy, I remember when I was told that if I was not baptized, I would not be saved. That believing in Jesus was a part of it, but that I needed to also be baptized in order kind of to close the deal. The Bible does not teach that. Now, listen, I encourage you to be baptized because Jesus commanded it, but he did not link it to salvation. We got to be very, very careful. You know the story is the thief is on the cross. There's one on the right. There's one on the left. And one thief is mocking Jesus. And the other thief says, man, what's wrong with you? That's Rodney version. Man, what's wrong with you? Why are you mocking him? He looks at Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, would you remember me when you get to paradise? And Jesus looked at that thief and he said, what? Today you will be with me in paradise. He did not, saints, listen to me. He did not say, get down off the cross, go down, be baptized, get back up on the cross, and then you'll be saved. Say amen if you understand that. He didn't tell him that. He said, today you shall be with me in paradise. Should we be baptized? Absolutely. We have them a couple times a year, and, and they're wonderful. But listen, if you receive Christ as your Savior, and just by chance you just got saved, and you leave church, and you have a car accident, and Jesus uses that accident to take you to heaven, don't worry about your salvation. You're going to see Jesus face to face. The important thing is that you put your faith and trust not just believe in Jesus. Not j Listen, believing in Jesus is not enough. What, Rodney? No, 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 no. Believing in him is not enough. Listen, everyone knows there was an historical Jesus. You can look in the encyclopedia and they'll tell you all about Jesus. The Bible doesn't tell you to believe in Jesus. The devils believe and they tremble. The devils are smarter than you. Because they believe and they shake because they know who he is. Believing in him is not enough. The Bible teaches that we are to put our trust and our faith in him and commit our lives to him. Demons don't do that. A bunch of people believe in Jesus. Take a microphone, get a camera, go out on the street and say, do you believe in Jesus? 95% of the people will tell you yes. Now, if you say, do you believe that Jesus was the son of God and that he's the only way to salvation? Probably 95% of the people will tell you no. So we got to be careful that we don't start linking things with salvation. Abstain from idols, sexual immorality, those are good things. Notice they don't say abstain from sexual, uh, sexual immorality and idols and tithe. Don't misunderstand me. Please tithe. <laughs> are you feeling me? Don't misunderstand me, but listen... 
Tithing does not save you. Say amen, saints. Tithing does not save. They don't say believe in Jesus. They don't say abstain from idols and sexual immorality and quit smoking. I remember a time in the church where people were told that if you smoke, you are going to hell. This is what people were told. Listen, I don't recommend that you smoke. I think it's stupid. I mean, it causes cancer, gives you bad breath, yellow teeth. It's just dumb. It really is. It's nuts. I'm, I'm in Philly and I walk by a cigarette machine. I'm shocked. A pack of cigarettes costs $5.50. Look, it not only is it cause cancer, give you bad breath and yellow teeth, but it's expensive. <laughs> How much is a pack of cigarettes here in North Carolina? Oh, oh nobody don't know, right? Uh, oh, okay, it's like that, huh? Oh, see, y'all in church, now y'all don't know. Religious folks, you hear me? Everybody, all three services, I asked that question, everybody was like, I ain't saying, oh, you know, try to be all holy. But it's just nuts. It's crazy. None of these things, listen, we can't link them to salvation. Abstain from idols and sexual immorality and keep the Sabbath. Talking to a family member this past week and Seventh-day Adventist goes to church on Sabbath, which is Saturday for them, and keeping the Sabbath somehow is linked to salvation. You got to keep the Sabbath, they were trying to explain to me. I'm trying to explain to them, listen, you can't take a part of the law and choose to do just that. If you're going to keep the Sabbath, then keep the whole Sabbath. If you're going to keep the law, then you need to keep the whole law. Listen, the Sabbath actually runs from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. If you're going to keep the Sabbath, you must work a six-day work week. Not five. Sabbath keepers. Not five days, six days. If you're going to keep the Sabbath every 50th, five-zero year, you must forgive all... All these things are, are, are associated with the law. You, every 50th year, you must forgive all debts. You're going to keep the law, then keep the law. Every 50 years, you have to forgive everybody that owes you money. Okay, let me know who you are, because I'm going to borrow money in the 49th year. <laughs> 50 years, I'm going to go, like, I don't owe you nothing. Because you're a Sabbath keeper. You're a law keeper, man. You understand, if you're going to do part of the law, then you just cannot be selective. My point is, if you want to keep the law in order to be saved, you must keep the whole law. Well, they tell the Gentiles in Antioch, in our text, to abstain from idolatry, fornication, and strangled things. Now, listen to me closely. These things relate to the moral law. These things do not relate to the ceremonial law. They relate to the moral law. And listen, the moral law is always good. The moral law is still good today. The moral law says that you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't commit adultery. You don't worship other gods. Love God and don't have other gods before me. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That's the moral law. Here's the moral law. Kids, obey your parents. I love that one. Kids, obey your parents. 
All of these things are the moral law and they are good and they are still in place. So the Gentile Christians don't need to keep the ceremonial law. The moral law is still good. But although they weren't to be under the ceremonial law, you got to understand that they were actually under a higher law. What do you mean, Rodney? The law of love is a higher law. It's a higher law. They were to walk in the law of love. That's what James is saying. And that's the core of what James is, is, is getting to. James says, listen, love your Jewish brothers, Gentile church in Antioch, love your Jewish brothers by voluntarily restricting your liberty and don't flaunt your freedom and forgo your privilege. Look, Gentile people, you can eat all the bacon you want. Gentile people, you can eat meat that isn't ceremonially clean. Of course you can. You're Gentiles, you're not Jews. But in order to walk in this higher law, y'all still listening? In order to walk in this higher law, this law of love, don't eat these things around your brothers to stumble them. See, saints, listen to me. Listen closely. I'm trying to move as quick as I can without confusing you. Listen, the Bible teaches we are free in Christ. To whom the Son sets free is what? We are free in Christ. We are free as Christians in every area. We are free from performance. We are free from the power and the penalty of sin. We are free from the stronghold of the devil. We are free from the stronghold of the flesh. To whom the Son sets free is free. Indeed. We are free. But saints understand something. We are also free to walk in love toward our brothers and our sisters. Freedom has its limits. Liberty has its limits. There are limits on liberty. Freedom, listen, this is what it doesn't mean. Freedom does not mean without restraint. Hey, you need to write that down. Freedom does not mean without restraint. Because freedom without restraint wouldn't be freedom. It would be suicide. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, suppose I take an airplane 10,000 feet in the air and I decide today, you know, I want some freedom today. I think I'll jump out of this airplane without a parachute. Listen, that would not be freedom. That would be suicide because you're going to die. Oh, you understand, freedom doesn't mean without restraint. There are limits on our freedom. And those limits are two things, saints. Number one, the word of God. And number two, love of people. The word of God and love of people. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, perhaps you know it, says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Y'all mind reading that with me? For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We are to walk in the law of love. We don't have the liberty. We've been talking about freedom here at Calvary Chapel. 
And, and I love that song. Freedom reigns in this place, showers of mercy and grace. Falling on every face, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. And we've been talking about freedom. We've been talking about people in, in, in putting legalism and, 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 and burdens on the church and the questions of can Christians dance and can Christians go to the movies and can Christians drink alcohol and can Christians smoke. And we've been talking about all of these things. And we have freedom. Listen, you are free to drink a glass of alcohol, a glass of wine with your dinner. You are free to do that. But if you have the liberty or the freedom to drink a glass of wine, have that liberty to yourself if you are around a brother or a sister who is stumbled by that. Then you're not free. You see, we think that I can do whatever I want. I'm grown. Y'all know. I can do whatever I want to do. No, you can't. That's not true. We need to walk in love for our brothers. So if you have the liberty to drink a glass of wine, that's fine. But if you know that there's a weaker brother coming over the house who does not drink wine and who would be stumbled by that, then you don't drink it in front of him. You don't go, well, you know what? That's my house. I can drink whatever I want. I'm going to have me a glass of wine. No, you don't do that. You put the bottles away. Like y'all do when I come over for dinner. (laughs) Y'all know how y'all do? That's Roddy come over. Put the liquor away. (laughs) But some of y'all, y'all got, you know, I'm having dinner. Y'all go, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. Pass around, I'll be right back. (laughs) 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 I know. But, but, but that's where our liberty ends. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Say amen if you understand. That's where our, lib- our liberty ends when we are stumbling. It does not matter what it is. It does not matter what it is. I don't care if it's eating salt. If MSG stumbles your brother, I realize that that is a little psychotic if it does happen. But if it does, then you don't have salt on your table when they come over. This is what... <laughs> God wants from us. We're walking in this law of love. That's what the church is getting to here. Gentile folks, listen, you can eat whatever you want to eat because you are free. We're all free. But when it comes to your Jewish brother, in order to create an atmosphere of fellowship and unity, because that's what's supposed to happen in the church, that there should be fellowship and unity and love and consideration for your brothers and your sisters, then just don't do that when they're there. Abstain from these things. And these things, by the way, are just wisdom. Abstain from sexual immorality. That's pornea in the Greek language. We have the word pornography. Listen, it's smart to stay away from pornography and to abstain from these things. That's what they're getting to. Someone once said it like this, talking about this liberty thing. Someone once said it like this, and then I move on. In necessary things, unity. In doubtful things, liberty. In all things, charity. 
Isn't that true? Well, now look at verse 30, if you will. Look at verse 30. So when they were sent off, dismissed, they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Why? Because the letter told them that they didn't have to be circumcised. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is a point of rejoicing. Now in verse 32, Judas and Silas themselves being prophets also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there where in Antioch. Silas loved the ministry there in Antioch. You know, I think so often we think when we go into ministry, God's going to send us somewhere we hate. So we don't want to be in ministry. I don't believe that. I believe oftentimes God sends you someplace you love. We think, you know, if I hate mosquitoes and bugs, if I give my life to Christ and he uses me in the ministry, he's going to send me to the deepest jungles in the Philippines. (laughs) And I hate cold weather. And I know that God's going to send me to ministry to the Eskimos. I just know it. I don't want to go into ministry. Listen, I don't believe that's God. I believe God sent you to a place that you love. I really do. And, and if you don't love it, I believe God is sovereign enough to know that you will love it when you get there. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. Silas loved it, man. He loved the ministry. God... God will send you somewhere you love to be. Paul and Barnabas also remained in verse 35 in Antioch, teaching and preaching. Remember, teach the saved, preach to the lost. Teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Then in verse 36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back. Now here they begin in verse 36, their second missionary journey. Let us now go back. And visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how everybody's doing. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then this became a problem. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the church, both of them, commended by the church to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Listen, really quickly, Paul and Barnabas, Silas and and Barsabas delivered this letter. It encouraged the people. Verse 36, sometime passes, Paul, who has a heart of a pastor, wants to go back and check on the churches that he established in his second missionary journey. Because Paul loves the people, and he he wants to go back and check on them. Barnabas is the uncle of John Mark. So Uncle Barney wants to take his nephew... John Mark on this second missionary trip. The only problem is on the first missionary trip, John traveled with him. And right in the middle of the trip, John didn't want to continue. He left them hanging in the ministry. And that, quite honestly, upset Paul. 
So now here as they prepare for this second missionary journey, and Uncle Barney wants to take his nephew, John Mark, with him. Paul said, no way, Jose. No, he's not going this time because we can't count on him. And this riff was a big problem between Paul and Barnabas. And they decided to separate and go in different areas. Listen, it was really a good thing to tell you the truth because more ministry territory was covered as one team became two teams. So it's not always a bad thing. Contention and disagreement is not always a bad thing. Not always. Now, if you like further teaching on that, I've actually dedicated quite a bit of time to this particular subject of disagreement between the brothers. Acts chapter 13, you can order that in the bookstore. So Paul has got a problem with John Mark. It continued that way for many years. But in 2 Timothy, listen close as I close. In 2 Timothy, we know Paul is in prison. Paul is at a place in his life where we find him asking for John Mark to come to him. So the contention was really sharp. But at the end of Paul's life and ministry, they reconciled. It's a beautiful story. Saints, grace. Sola gratia. Grace alone. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. That's why I titled my sermon, Grace plus question mark, what equals salvation? Grace plus nothing equals salvation. Don't add anything to it. And don't take away from it. I think of grace as I leave you with this. Someone once wrote this. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. I like that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.